2: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. And we are both absolutely thrilled to be joined by Flyers Hall of Famer, three-time cup champion as an assistant coach and player, and current analyst for TNT, Rick Tokic. Rick, thank you so much for joining us. How has your summer been?
0: It's been going good. I'm uh, missing the hockey talk, though. It's been a while, so yeah uh, glad you guys invited me on the show appreciate it
2: absolutely definitely always enjoy your flyers insight been loving your work on tnt so we're really eager to ask you about this flyers team where it's going into next season but i want to touch a little bit on last season rick the, the team went through a lot of instability what, what do you think the biggest issue was and, and do you think this can be turned around somewhat quickly here
0: yeah, I mean, obviously, you want to develop the young guys. You know, you got to—they're going to make some mistakes, but you got to get them on the ice. I know that was something that uh, the last couple of years the Flyers have tried—you know—tried to do, and I think that's the big key. Me um, is the play without the puck. You—you uh, you, you got no chance of winning if you're you're playing five-four hockey games. Um, I think you know the, the, when they were searching for a coach, and uh, they end up with Torts, You know, Torts is a guy that you have to play. You're in your own end. You know, he's a disciplined guy when it comes like that uh, with that. And I think for the Flyers, especially for the young guys you want to develop, there's nothing worse is when you're losing games, um, high-scoring games, and you're not in the game. So that's why it's important. Uh, I'd love to see them this year really concentrate on their on their defensive part and stay in hockey games and let these young guys grow, give them some ample time on uh, on the ice to uh, to make you know to, to learn it experiences. Um, and they got some veteran guys there too, like uh, from coming back from injury, so. It's interesting where they're going to go, uh, but I know one thing with John Tortorella, they're going to play a really structured game of
1: their own end. Talk. I wanted to ask you about, uh, there was a lot in in John Tortorello's opening press conference, a, there was a lot of talk about culture change, attitude change. You've coached in this league as a head coach, as an assistant coach. How difficult of an undertaking is that for a new coach to come in and kind of change everybody's approach to the way things are done with the organization.
0: Yeah, it's not going to take overnight. It's a it's a it's a long process. Um, you know, hopefully quicker, but the, but it is a long process. And I think and I and I listened to John Toro's press conference and I know John very well torts, You got to attack the the uh, leadership group. You got to find that leadership group. Those four or five guys are so instrumental in your dressing room. They're going to preach what you're preaching. So he's got to find four or five strong leaders in there to, to, you know, really relay the message. And, and Torts has some, you know, he, he does have a lot of rules, uh, John, but the, the one thing, he has a couple of rules and there's some non-negotiables. And if you don't come prepared to work, um, you know, if you can't give him a 40 minute or 30 minutes, it's not like Torts is gonna keep guys on the ice for hours and hours, that's not his style. But if you can't concentrate for 40 minute practice, do the right things that what he wants, you're gonna have a tough time with him. But if you come in, work hard, pay attention, and have uh, detail in your game, um, I, I think that's where John will, you know, you'll really love Torts as a coach.
2: Yeah, Rick, you've worked with Mike Sullivan a lot in your career, yeah. who of course worked with John Tortorella. Do you, did you see some similarities there? And, and what kind of coach are the Flyers getting in, in a guy like John Tortorella?
0: Yeah, I was very lucky to coach under his staff, Mike Sullivan. And, um, you know, he's, a, you know, him and Torts, you know, uh, Sully grew up, grew up with him coaching and, and learned a lot from him, but. You know, I think Sully has his own style. Uh, Sully's a really out-of-the-box thinker. Um, but I think with Torts, um, like I said, he's uh, he really relies on assistant coaches, you know, uh, especially with specialty teams. And I think Torts will probably take the bulk of, of the D-zone coverages, um, you know, the system that they're going to do. And, uh, but they're similar in the way that, um, you, know, they, you know, they they you know like I said, they don't have a lot of rules, but there's non-negotiables there, and, and they're very firm on it. And if you're... If you're a player that's going to fight these on them, you're going to have a tough time with these type of coaches. Um, but I, I love the, both those coaches. I think they're both successful. I love the way they think uh, the game, and and uh, they really give autonomy to their their leadership group, and that's what I like. Yeah,
1: talk when you look at um, at John Tortorella's resume, particularly his years in Columbus. Those rosters that he coached in Columbus, they didn't really jump off the page at you. There wasn't a superstar. There and in fact they were losing players like Artemi Panarin to free agency, yeah. and they continued to make playoff runs under Tortorella. So you could say he probably got more out of them than what the roster said on paper. Do you yeah, view this you, Flyers situation as a similar kind of situation?
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know when Tortorella went to Columbus, you know he, he wanted to make them re- relevant, and I think he did that with their work ethic. When you talk about a, a, a playing the Columbus. Uh, Blue Jackets with Torrance behind the bench. You knew every night you are going to get 100% effort from that team. Um, unfortunately, they had to run in those Pittsburgh teams. You know, we're in the same division, and, you know, Pittsburgh had a, you know, a, an all-star lineup. So we actually played them a couple times in the playoffs. Um, and they're all, you know, I know I think we won in five games one year, and uh, 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 it seems like we rolled over them. But I'm telling you, those, every game was competitive. Uh, it could have went either way early in the series. Um, So, yeah, with with John Tortorella's work ethic is something that you can control. You know, you can't control what players you get, who comes and goes in free agency. Sometimes that's – got to be lucky, if you know, flip a coin every once in a while. But when it comes to work ethic, there's no negotiables with John Tortorella.
2: Rick, I remember when you were with the Coyotes and you came to Philadelphia, you you really raved about Ivan Provrov and how much you like him on the back end. He's gone through some bumps in the road over the last couple of seasons, but – do you still see him as a top pair guy that can really anchor your back end?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, his arrows trended down the last year and a half or two, um, you know, for whatever reason. I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on there in the dressing room, but he's got the skill. He's got the hockey IQ. Um, he's proved it. Um, I, I know, like I said, a couple of years ago, I love that guy. I wouldn't have traded that guy for nobody. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think this guy right now is uh, gets a summer off to refresh. He has a new coaching staff. A new, you know, new defensive coach, um, and I think he can just kind of, just kind of relax going into this year, um, and don't put so much pressure on him. You know, uh, I've watched him walk the blue line on the power play, and it seems, you know, like from two years ago, he had a shot mentality. Uh, but it seems like he's overpassing. That's just from my bird's eye view from being on the uh, on your guys' side, the media side. So I would like to see him take more control of a power play, be the top guy. But all around, uh, you know, his breakouts and things like that, what I've seen. He's got the capability, of, you know, a top defenseman in this in this
1: NHL league. Tuck, over the last couple of years, really since the bubble playoffs, um, the way this Flyers team has trended seemingly steadily downward. You're you're really part of the fabric and the history of this team. Obviously Jordan mentioned your Flyers Hall of Famer and a couple Stanley Cup final runs in the 80s. Has it been difficult for you to see What this franchise has gone through in the last year and a half or so? Yeah, it is. You know, it's, uh,
0: you know, the last three, four years, it's hard because, you know, I always root for certain. Listen, I'm on the other side now, so it's hard to root for teams, but I've always really rooted for the Flyers, you know, the Penguins, teams that I've played. I I have some invested interest in. I know a lot of people in the organization or in the city. Um, You know, and I don't want to sound corny, but the fans do deserve, you know, they've, They've paid a lot of money over the years to come see the Flyers play. They've packed the buildings in. Um, you know, they they expect a lot, but um, I think some. I don't think they're expecting a lot now. I think they're expecting a team that's going to work hard and win a little bit here. And I think, yeah, the la- you're right, Joe. Yeah, the last couple of couple of years has been tough because you know when, especially on the broadcast, you know we start talking about other teams. We we hardly you know they once in a while talk about the Flyers, um, and it's hard because I always wanted like, hey, let's get you know, can we give these guys some love? but. You know, when you don't have results and winning, uh, people want to fall the Colorados and Tampas and stuff like that. So I think it's important that, you know, the, the culture starts now with John Tortorella. And, you know, the way when you come into that building, like the old days, uh, you had to strap it on if you wanted to play the Flyers. Um, so now it's a little bit easier to go in there, uh, no offense. Um, and I think they have to get that swagger back. And that's what the fans want. They want that swagger back. And it'll be an interesting year. i like to see how this team does this year with the, with you know, with the guys coming back and and, and towards his new staff.
2: Yeah, Rick, do you feel like the the return of Sean Couturier and and the addition of Nick Delorier and Tony D'Angelo? Do you feel like some of these some of these guys can make them tougher to play against?
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Nicholas DeLaurier. I love his presence. I know people are you know why a four year deal and all this kind of money, but he is a guy that I remember coaching against when I was in the Coyotes in in, um, Anaheim, and they had a young team, and they didn't get pushed around. You know, there's nothing worse when you're a young team um, and you're trying to find your way, and and you also get slapped around on the ice. Well, you're not going to get slapped on the ice with Nick DeRoy, and he's just not just a fighter, which he can. I think he's probably the one of the toughest, could be the toughest guy in the the NHL. He's a good penalty killer. So he's a guy that's going to really help the young guys breathe and and relax on the ice, and that's very important. Uh, I'm telling you right now. I don't care what what era the league is, you know, when you have those guys on the bench um, and in, in your locker room, they really make everybody taller. And I've, I've heard some some quotes from some people about that. Um, you know, D'Angelo had a great year last year. I mean, he was really good with Carolina. He's a guy that can really help their power play. Um, and then Sean Couturier, you know, he's one of the best two-way hockey players. You know, his name was up for the uh, the Olympic team. And, you know, he probably would have made that team if he wasn't hurt. So. You know, I'm a big. You get those 200 foot centermen uh, like him and Hayes and Lawton. It's a pretty good three there uh, as, as centermen. You know, hopefully Frost, as a young kid, comes in and can kind of fill that offensive role. So uh, you know, I always want to build down the middle, and I think you know, as much people criticize the Flyers, you know, talent and all, I still like their middle uh, down the middle. They have, they have some good centermen there.
1: Hmm. Talk uh, last year, you'd have to really, really think about it to get some bright spots. But I thought one of them definitely was the pairing of Travis Sanheim and Rasmus Ristolainen as the second pair of defensemen. Uh, and when you look at being hard to play against, Rasmus would seem to be one of those players. So do you think it was a good move for them to extend him? And how do you think he fits in with the team and, and the growth of, of Sanheim's game? We talked about how this past season was a pivotal season for him. Having to kind of shed that young player label and be more of a veteran and establish himself. So, what do you think about that pair?
0: Well, I love their body. They're long. You know, they got a long reach. They can skate. They get they they make good breakout passes most of the time. Um, those are the prototypical D you want. You know, when you can put those two guys out there against you know the New York Rangers high flying offense or Pittsburgh or Crosby, those guys. You need that pair. Uh, saying that, uh, let's see Rootsland play. You know, they got to get his hockey IQ up a little bit. I think sometimes he, you know, a um, couple of you know ill advanced passes, or sometimes he gets lost in his own end. And I think that's you know from looking at you know with maybe a new staff, maybe teaching him differently, he can raise because he's a guy with the body he has, uh, the way he can be a nasty guy on the ice. That's what wins in the playoffs. You know, you look at the Tampa, and even Colorado, their defense. Where everyone wants to talk about their offense, well, their defense was great. So um, that, that is, that's a big key, that pair. Uh, If they both have good years, that's going to be really help the flyers out. Um, But if, you know, if, if they don't, I mean, they're going to struggle obviously because that's their shutdown pair Um, and Sandheim, I think really improves. So is there another level this year from those two guys?
2: Yeah. Sticking with defense, Rick, there's kind of this big mystery with Ryan Ellis. He's dealing with this multi-layered injury in his pelvic region um, have you have you ever heard or seen anything quite like it and, and do you feel like a player can rebound from that and be, be the same guy once he recovers?
0: Yeah of all the injuries in the NHL players over you know from my experience in the 30 years anything in the pelvic groin you know hips um, vital part of a NHL hockey player for skating uh, mobility pivoting and uh, that's the one injury you want you can you know you can you can actually overcome the injuries and back injuries and stuff when it comes to that pelvic area and I don't know exactly how, how bad it is, but that's a big lifeline for for uh, Ellis. You know, having that a strong core, the way he plays the game. You know, I think he's a terrific player. I mean, just even coaching against him, um, just the way he played Nashville that defense. So, if he can find that, uh, you know, hopefully he's you know he's rehabbing properly. He's got the right you know the right things going on, and he can be somewhat hundred percent. That's a vital key in that not only in the room, like you know but on the ice. Just to be a leader, last minute of a, a period, last minute of a game to shut a game down. Who are you throwing out there? Ellis will be out there. You know, is there a key power play? He's played power play before. So you, you need those guys in key moments to, to really calm everybody down. Hopefully that, that area really, uh, his pelvic area, can heal uh, and be ready for training
1: camp. Last one for me, talking. Um, after your now after your first year with TNT, you're a year or so removed from – Coaching. Where do you see? Do you see yourself sticking with media? Do you think you're always keeping your options open? What? What? uh how are you approaching your? Uh, I guess your future as far as media or getting back in involved in the league.
0: Yeah, I, I've interviewed for a few teams, or you know, there was you know, there's a couple teams. I you know, I thought I almost had the job for whatever reasons, and um, for me, it like, and I'm not. I, Listen, like I, I can't sit here and say I'm going Can be picky and choosy. But I, I gotta go in the right situation. Um, you know, my last two stops to head coach was more of projects and you know, organization find their way. i like to try to find a team that's a little bit more solid and, and have a chance to go in that way. Like I said, I, I'm not arrogant enough to know that I can pick and choose. But on the other end, I love TNT. I love what I'm doing. Um, you know, I can see them being there for another five years if uh, you know, if they want me. And you know, we've had we had a good year last year. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we are gonna try this year of new new ways to to get information to the fans in a different way. And I think that's something that TNT's brand is big on. But, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I love the guys, the camaraderie with the guys. So, um, yeah, I can't wait for October when we start.
1: How cool is it with, with the dynamic with Charles? You know, I know you guys worked him in. He came in on the set several times during the year, during the playoffs. He's a huge hockey fan. I mean, quite frankly, one of the biggest proponents of the game. He's all over the place talking about – the NHL. So how cool was that dynamic dynamic? I know you and Charles are friends.
0: Yeah, I've known Chuck for about 30. He's the best. Um and I and I get to see him quite a bit uh you know there's funny stories of them guys. You know, we'll be on the in the green room watching the game, right? You know, we're we'll watch the first period going to go on in 10 minutes, you know, for the intermission and Charles walks in cuz he's got the NBA show. He doesn't even watch the basketball game sometimes. He sits there with us. And he'll talk, you know, he's a big John Cooper, you know, he knows John Cooper really well. He always wants the Flyers to win, but He's sitting with us with Gretzky and all that, and talking hockey. He's a—he's just—he's a great ambassador for us. He really is for the NHL. When you have a high-powered, you know, one of the you know b- biggest faces in the world, you know, everybody recognizes Charles Barkley. When he says NHL playoff hockey is the best, that's pretty good for us because it only helps the NHL fraternity when you have a guy like that promoting the game.
2: Yeah, we can see how much fun you guys have on set, Rick, and it's such a treat for the viewers you've dealt with nothing but pressure in your career as a player and as a coach. Is it kind of nice to be away from that pressure and be like, nope, no thanks? Yeah. Every once in a
0: while. But you know, I talk Craig Bruce is one of my best friends. I talked to him quite a bit. So I get a little bit of, you know, he talked. we talk hockey a lot. So I get my fill because I'm a competitive guy. I love like watching a game like last minute and you know, you know, Hey, I would do this or Hey, I would have this guy. And you you play those games as a coach on the, uh, on the ice when you watch the game. So I miss that part, the competition of it. Um, So, yeah, but it's that, yeah, no pressure. Yeah, our side, I mean, I'm always right on this side. It's easy, (laughs) you know. That's the the way it works.
1: One of the memorable moments this year was during the playoffs when you and Biz had a big argument about shooting at the empty net uh, at the end of games, Uh, And that was, I mean, it was completely captivating to watch. I'm sure it was great to be on set because, I mean, a lot of times you don't get the honest sort of battles on TV. That's more of a rarity. And that was, I thought it was refreshing to see. I, I love those kind of passionate sort of arguments.
0: Yeah, they love it, man. They're in my ears. say, talk, go for it, go. They they want me to get it going. Like, well, here's the thing. I, I was getting ganged up. Biz and Anson Carter and Liam were saying it was that Washington playoff. Uh, Hathaway had the puck. And they all four and I'm sorry, Wayne wasn't there that day, but he came back the next week and we brought it up again. And obviously, you know, Wayne said, don't you know, you wouldn't go for the empty net. And my big line to Wayne. Yeah. How many, how many empty net Wayne, uh, goals you have? Wayne, he said 87. So, yeah, but he said they're all from the, the center ice in. Like, so that's the kibitzing we were getting. But I was really passionate about it. I I disagree with those four guys. You know, I'm going for it. You know, you got to ice the game. Two minutes left. Yeah, I understand 15, 20 seconds. You can flip it out. But I want to send that game. I want it over, and I think analytics says the same thing. So, but that's the stuff they want, though. They want that argument, and we're not. Uh, I don't. I don't care what a guy says. I'm not going to agree with him. I'm going to tell him I, I disagree. It's also. It's almost like sitting in a bar having, you know, when guys and, and girls talk about sports, you know, you commits back and forth, and there're going to be some arguments, and I think people love that.
2: Yeah, they definitely do. It's been a treat to watch, and we've enjoyed it, and uh, we're, we're going to look forward to it uh, next season as well, Rick. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope, we hope you're having a great summer. It's always a treat talking Flyers hockey with you. We really appreciate you coming on.
0: Yeah, thanks, guys. I listen to you guys all the time, and hopefully you guys have some good things to, to talk about. Uh, you know, I, I'm really rooting for the Flyers this year and John Tortorelli. is a great guy, so
2: hopefully uh, they get off to a good start. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Awesome stuff from Rick Tockett. Glad he's having a great summer uh, and really appreciated his insight on the Flyers. Obviously you can't get a better guy than Rick Tockett. A guy that's played in this city has done so much in this city knows what it's like to succeed in Philadelphia knows what it's like behind the bench. Uh, You just get so much great insight. Joe, what was your biggest takeaway uh, from everything that Rick really gave us?
1: Well, you know, again, in, and. um, Last week, when we had Scott all on the same thing, the the insight into how John Tortorella will coach. And also, the first thing I asked him about was how much, how difficult an undertaking is to come into a situation and reshape the way people think, particularly the way people think in a situation like this, where the Flyers have struggled now, basically, since the bubble playoffs. Um, and, you know, he said it's not going to happen overnight. I don't think anybody's under any delusions that it will happen overnight. But, you know, when the season starts, people get the juices flowing and then they get mad right away when they're not good. And so that to me was a big takeaway about the, you know, the, the, the process and the struggle of reshaping a franchise, which really is what John Tortorella and his staff are tasked with here with the Flyers beginning uh, in September.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was great stuff to, to, to know. Obviously, his connection is to Mug Sullivan and he knows John Tortorella. So, uh, and Rick's been a head coach himself. So, to, to, to hear what he thinks needs to be done here about really rebuilding the culture and getting people buying back in on the Flyers was great. I, I really enjoyed his insight on Ivan Rob. I remember when he was here with Arizona and he just really raved about Provrov and that was before Provrov kind of had a couple of lumps here over the next two seasons, but he was real high on him. And there's probably been some far-off speculation about Provrov's future here. Could he be a trade chip this off season? And and to hear Rick say, I wouldn't have traded that guy for anything. I thought really grabbed my ears and and opened my eyes uh, that he's still really high on him. And, And maybe it tells you sometimes to be patient with a guy like Ivan Provrov. Can he get more help? to make him better again. And do you remember that he's only, you know, 24 and, uh, you know, still, you know, 25 actually, and still really possibly reaching his prime. So I really enjoyed hearing him talk about Ivan Provrov.
1: Yeah. I can remember back in the 2019 season, maybe, whenever the last time Rick was in town with the Arizona Coyotes when he was the head coach and going downstairs with Taryn to interview him before the game against the Flyers. And the first thing he did was bring up Ivan Provarov. And yeah. that was when Provarov was 21 or 22. And he just talked about how dynamic of a player he is. Mm-hmm. So it is encouraging to hear a guy that's forgotten more hockey than either of us and a lot more people, you know, yeah. say that about a guy that quite frankly, the Flyers want to see more out of, um, So hopefully that can happen. And and I think Provarov is a guy that I think confidence plays a lot. And I think last year he looked like a guy that had lost confidence in his game. Um, So hopefully he can regain that and regain the form that caused Rick Tockett to talk
2: about him in such glowing terms. Yeah. And you even heard Rick say, take a little bit off his shoulders and not play, um, not, not wear, you know, not have so much pressure on his shoulders, and I think that's been the Flyers' goal with trying to get back to what Pro Rob was in 2019, 20 when he had Matt, Matt Neskin and and they balanced each other out uh, so well uh, that that'll be a big key for sure. Well, great stuff from Rick. Really appreciate him coming on. Always appreciate his time and insight, Joe. Thanks so much to you, of course, as always. Can't wait to uh, get hear more from you. And uh, obviously, we're uh, itching for pre and post game live already, hearing so much about John Tortorella. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru, for always being flexible with our time. And Flyers fans, of course, can't forget you. Thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time.